double the fun for the next few episodes as we're integrating combos we haven't had the chance to release and new ones as the IHSA fall sports are in playoffs. And our school's athletes are winning plaques, banners, and medals. This is episode 240. Our guests are Erica Richardson, DJ Norman, and Kyle Fellner. Brought to you by Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. We're going to start with Erica Richardson, LaSalle, Peru grad. Richardson committed to Indiana State to play volleyball when we spoke to her. She had just done it. It was like a week. Now, we're almost done with her junior year as she spent two years at Parkland. We speak about those. We speak about LP and her excitement to be a sycamore at Indiana State. ISU currently is 3-14 and 14 overall, 2-7 and seven in the Missouri Valley Conference. They have nine games left before the MVC tournament. Richardson is number 16, and she's an outside hitter for the Sycamores. DJ Norman and Kyle Fellner represent Roanoke Benson Golf. Norman finished 13th at the Class 1A State Golf Meet during October 7th and 8th. He finished 13th as an individual, but had the opportunity to play with the whole team because Roanoke Benson, they were all there. So that means we had to have Fellner on to join, talk about a senior and the rest of the team, which is all returning next year. Roanoke Benson have a chance to become a golf powerhouse. We will also on this episode 240 talk about boys soccer, girls tennis, and high school football. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. Edge of Your Seat podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and the website rss.com backslash podcast. That's with an S. It's plural. Backslash Edge of Your Seat podcast. Socials, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. Please like, follow, share, all of that stuff. Please help us get the word out about Edge of Your Seat Podcast and the people we're talking about. These are your neighbors. These are people you went to school with, your best friend's son, or, you know, things like that. People that you know from around the way or the family connection or a work connection or something. We're all in the same little community. Why not spotlight people, their stories, what they're doing? And that's what Edge of Your Seat Podcast is here for. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, please like Comment, retweet, reshare, all that good stuff. Five star, a million stars if you could. If you have a question, suggestion, want to be a guest, know somebody that would be a good guest, or like or dislike something I or a guest say, please send us an email at edgeofyourseatpodcast.com. And as always, much love, appreciation for Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions for the intro and outro beat to this very podcast. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associate Jason Hintz pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for two years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs 
as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for seven years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle of any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all your vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. Let's start with boys soccer. We are to the Class 1A sectional semifinals. Mantino sectional, number three, Hersher fell in the sectional semis to number five, Chicago Christian, 2-1. Great season from Hersher. One of three teams that we follow in Class 1A that won a regional, made it to the sectional semis. So huge props to Hersher. The other two teams that we were just kind of mentioning, both in the Mendota sectional. In the semifinals, number two, Serena, fell to number one, Quincy Notre Dame, 9-2. The only one that we follow winning a regional, making it to the semifinals, and winning to get to the sectional final was Mendota. As the Trojans, the number one seed, defeated Peoria Christian, the number two seed. We had ones and twos on both sides of the Mendota sectional or subsectional A and B. Mendota four, Peoria Christian zero. So this sets up the showdown for the sectional title. Saturday, 3 p.m. between Quincy Notre Dame and Mendota at Mendota since it's the Mendota sectional. That game is going to be great. I'm going to do my best to be there. In class 2A, just starting up as we've done quarterfinals and some semifinals, getting to regional finals Friday and Saturday. Today is October 20th, a Thursday. I didn't mention it, but I guess I can mention it now. It's my birthday. I'm an old guy turning 37, so I'm really not old. I'm just experienced. I like to think that I know what I'm talking about or know what I'm doing. Many, many, many great years ahead of me. But yeah, it's Thursday, October 20th. So, Friday and Saturday, finals will be played. Most of them, it seems, are on Saturday because, you know, football's still being played as well. 2A, Glen Bard South Sectional in the sub-sectional A. Wheaton St. Francis Regional in a quarterfinal. Number 7, Plano, fell to number 8, Glen Bard South, 1-0. In the subsection B of the Glen Bard Sectional, the Sycamore Regional. Number 2, Sycamore, knocked out number 8, Freeport, 4-0 in a semifinal. And then Caneland, number three, defeated number six, Rochelle, 2-0. It's hoping to have Sycamore and Rochelle both in the regional final. Caneland wasn't having it. So Sycamore will play Caneland at 3 p.m. Saturday for the regional championship. The Washington sectional sub-A at the LP regional in the quarterfinals. Number eight, Morris knocked off number nine, Ottawa, 3-2. We get to the semifinals. Morris season ends as number two Orion defeated them 3-0. The other semifinal at the LP Regional. Number four LP falls to number five Streeter 2-1. So Streeter representing the area in the LaSalle Peru Regional as they will play Orion at 5 p.m. Friday 
for the title, the championship of all championships. Well, I guess if you count sectional and the state championship, not the title of all titles, but regionals are very, very important and something to be very proud of. In the subsectional B of the Washington sectional, in the semifinals, number one Geneseo rolled number seven Dixon 5-1. In the other semifinal, number six Sterling defeated number three Rock Island 4-3. Just edged by to get Sterling and Geneseo, two teams we pay attention to here, in the regional final at 6 p.m. Saturday. Got a lot of 2A teams vying for those regional titles, trying to move on and keep things going. In 3A, the Hampshire sectional in the subsection A, the Harlem Regional. In the quarterfinal, DeKalb, a 13 seed, knocked off number 17, Harlem, 4-1. DeKalb wasn't done winning theirs. They got to the semifinal and defeated number 4, Rockford East, 2-1. This puts the Barbs in the regional final, 3 p.m. Saturday, against number 5, Dundee Crown. So DeKalb making some noise at the 13th seed. Let's see if they can get that regional plaque. Hey, Mendota, Ottawa, Amboy, Sterling, Rock Falls, and other areas. Surf's fiber internet is more reliable and 50 times faster than cable. Get one gig speed and two free Eero whole home Wi-Fi routers for only $85 a month. No contracts and free installation at a price that's locked for life. That's right, the price you pay today won't jump up each year like cable. We're expanding to more neighborhoods every single day. So visit surfinternet.com to check your address. Call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844-955-SURF. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Girls, tennis sectionals kicked off October 13th through the 15th. There's no regionals in tennis, and I still, to this day, feel that if you get to the state tournament in tennis, you are one of the best of the best. It is so tough. There's only two classes, a 1A and a 2A, and man, 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 we are talking about some very, very accomplished, polished tennis players. They know what they're doing. Doesn't matter if it's 1A, 2A, we're talking about the best of the best. So if you can advance, so if you can do something in this bracket, in this sport, you're good. You're good. No doubt about it. The Class 1A Geneseo sectional. Dunlap took the team crown with a 28. Sterling finished fourth with 14. Geneseo was sixth with six. Kiwani and Princeton tied at seventh with four points. And Newman tied at nine with two points. In the signals, advancing, the only one advancing from our schools in the Geneseo sectional, Sterling sophomore Ellie Aiken finished fourth in the singles to advance to state. Congratulations to Ellie. Class 1A Ottawa sectional, Ottawa took the crown with a 30. Congrats to the Pirates. Know that they're really, really happy about that. Number two, LaSalle Peru with 25 points. Cole City had 17 points for third. Morris totaled 14 for fourth. Streeter and Pontiac and St. Bede all tied for fifth with six points. And Mendota didn't score a point to tie for ninth. Advancing. All four single spots and all four doubles are people we're going to be paying attention to. Four singles. Number one was LP senior Carly Miller. 
Second place, Ottawa Jr., Emma Cushing. Third place, Cole City Jr., Abby Stiles. And at fourth was Morris Sr., Gretchen Zarbach. The doubles teams, one and two, Ottawa. Three and four, LaSalle, Peru. They didn't let any of the other teams get in the doubles top four. They're like, no, we're going to state. You're not. Sorry, that's just how it is. The number one team for the Lady Pirates, senior Jenna Smith-Moyer and junior Riley O'Fallon. Second place, senior Isabel Heimsoth and senior Emma Walker. Third and fourth, the Cavaliers, the Lady Cavaliers, represented by third place, senior Eva Lannan and senior Amelia Hetchenberger. Fourth place was Isabella Pohar, she's a senior, and Kaylee Reese, she's a junior at LP. Congrats to them, and we got some more advancers. Class 1A Rochelle sectional. Sycamore took the crown, winning the title, the plaque, the hardware with 31 points. Dixon finished third with 18, and Rochelle had eight points, tied for fifth. Singles advancing, both from Sycamore. The top spot was senior Elizabeth Kleckner, and the second place was Abby Golombieski, a senior from Sycamore. Abby has been on the show before. I called her Abby G because that is one tricky name. So Abby G, congrats. Maybe we'll try to get her back on again. No, probably not a maybe. We'll try. We'll try. Doubles. Number one came from Dixon. Grace Ferguson, she's a sophomore. And Leah Cole, she's a senior. Third place and fourth place, also representing Sycamore. They're going to stay deep. Very, very deep. Third place was junior Jetta Weaver and senior Sabrina Azeli. The fourth place team was junior Madison Block and senior Becca Allen. In class 2A, there was no DeKalb advancers did not make it out. And girls state tennis 1A and 2A are both this Thursday through Saturday. So starting today, ending on Saturday, state tournament tennis, always a good time. And like I said, the best of the best. There are pizza joints in almost every village, town, or city we talk about or represent on Edge of Your Seat podcast. Deep dish, thin crust, in-between crust, meats, veggies, cheese, the works. Each of them have all of the options we're used to, except Aniga Pizzeria Napolitana. The pizza located at 215, that's 215 Jefferson Street in Ottawa, is different than the norm. Aniga, meaning fiery in Italian, is exactly what you get as the traditional wood-fired oven Napolitan pizza is topped with their fresh in-house mozzarella and San Marzano tomatoes. God, I love those. So you gotta say them so slow. So you just taste it while you're saying it. The meats are also delicious. Veggies fresh, petitely cut. Add in-house lemonade, drinks, and other food items unlike other menus, including dessert options, and it's a dining experience unlike any other. We've only spoken about half of the event, known as a night out and an exquisite establishment. Food. But what about the environment? Elegant, sleek, refined, fresh, new, Full of drip, if we're in 2022, kind of defines Aniga Pizzeria Napolitana. But only you can find the right adjective to fit your experience. Aniga is open Monday, Thursday, and Friday, 4 to 9 p.m., Saturday, noon to 9 p.m., and Sunday, noon to 8 p.m., while closed on Tuesday and Wednesday. Call 815 
324-9229 for carryout, delivery, or to book a reservation. State rankings released for football going into week nine. We got some teams still on the rankings, and we love it because who doesn't appreciate good football, solid football, winning football, and we have a lot of it in our area. We'll start with Class 1A. Ottawa Marquette is number eight at seven and one. Anawan Weathersfield has moved up to number 10 as they are also seven and one. Their one loss coming at the hands of Marquette. And St. Bede, after being number six, losing to Princeton, they fall to just receiving votes with two votes. In 3A, Princeton, still number three. As of last week, they were as well with an 8-0 record. Byron is number four at 7-1, and and Seneca is number eight with an 8-0 record. Cole City was receiving a vote last week. They are not this week in Class 4A. In Class 5A, Sycamore, still at number two, did receive two first-place votes as they are 8-0. Morris moved up from six to number four with a 7-1 record. Sterling fell from 7th to 9th as they suffered a loss and are now 6-2. Rochelle received 4 votes in 5A. So, a good 6, 7, 8 teams all listed there doing their thing, getting recognized in the state. That's always amazing. Let's go over football. We'll say the Week 8 scores, their record, playoff positioning, and then who they're playing Week 9. We'll start off with eight-man football. Amboy, Lamoille, Ohio moved to 7-1 with a 42-14 victory over Freeport-Aquin in Week 8. Polo defeated Flanagan-Cornell-Woodland 64-0 to move to 6-2. This puts the Clippers of Amboy against West Central, who is 8-0 and the top team in eight-man football. It will be played in Amboy will be tomorrow, Friday. That game is going to be huge. Polo is at Freeport-Aquin, who has a 2-6 and six record. So Polo trying to move to seven wins to get better positioning in the bracket. Moving to 11-man football, Reed Custer has now outscored its opponents 476-46. to 46. 430 points. They're outscoring eight opponents through the season so far. Let's see what they can add in nine. In week eight, they beat Cole City 58-14. They have won the Illinois Central 8 Conference as they are 6-0 in the conference. Now they will play at home against Hersher, which is 1-7 for week nine. Hersher trying to be the spoiler, knowing their season is over. But against Reed Custer, that's going to be a really, really tough job. Reed Custer is amazing. 476 to 46. Sorry, I wanted to re-say that so you could let that sink in. With Cole City losing to Reed Custer, it put the Colers at 5-3. and three. They're playoff eligible, but they want to be automatic, and that will happen if they beat Streeter, which is 2-6 and six in Week 9. Streeter also looking to be the spoiler. Byron is trying to repeat as 3A champs. Like I said, fourth in the state rankings. They are 7-1. and one. They're in the playoffs. They beat Dixon 49-14 in week eight, and they play one and seven Rockford Christian at home in week nine. So they're going to enter the playoff bracketing, the IHSA special show on Saturday. 
with an 8-1 record more than likely if something crazy doesn't happen against Rockford Christian to put them in a good position to try to get back to that state title game. Dixon is 5-3, playoff eligible, but they need a Week 9 win over the 0-8 Rock Falls for the auto bid, the automatically gift of the playoffs. Oregon earned their second win of the season in Week 8 with a 46-0 win over Rock Falls. They will try to beat last year's 2-7 mark if they can pick up a third victory of this year against North Boone, who is also 2-6 heading into Week 9. DeKalb is 5-3 after Week 8's 14-0 win against Nakia Valley. They're trying to get the automatic bid as well as they play Wabonzi Valley in Week 9. Wabonzi has an 0-8 record. Seneca has the Vermilion Valley North Championship in the bag at 8-0, 4-0 in the conference. They defeated Clifton Central 28-0 Week 8, and Week 9 they could remain undefeated against Dwight Gardner South Wilmington, who comes into the contest 2-6. Dwight lost Week 8's game against Iroquois West 49-8. Geneseo is in the five-win club after defeating Rock Island 36-22 on the road in Week 8. Now, Week 9's contest is against 7-1 Moline. A tough task to get the automatic bid with six wins. Sterling has a playoff spot with Golden Warriors' name tatted all over it with a 6-2 record. Could take a share of the Western 6 if Moline, who we just mentioned is 7-1, loses. Sterling is 5-1 in the conference. Moline is 6-0 in the conference. Week 8 was Sterling's second loss as they fell to Moline. Sterling and Moline got this back and forth thing in the conference trying to figure out, hey, I'm the best over at Western 6. No, I'm the best at Western 6. They might be talking like that too. But Moline beat Sterling 33-21 in Week 8. Sterling, Week 9 opponent is 1-7 United Township trying to right the wrong, enter the bidding at 7-2. Football, always amazing. Always a lot going on. Man, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. But we got more right after a word with the sponsor. The dog days of summer are over. It's October. Again, October 20th, the birthday. Ha! So it's not hot anymore. It's kind of getting cold. Thinking, eh, people aren't outside working on things. They don't want to do roofs. They don't want to paint anything. They don't want to do shingles, drywall, electrical outlets, renovations. Eh, We can wait until the spring. Not with Olson Construction. Olson Construction, a licensed and insured family-owned and operated company, prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Brothers Keith Miles and Tommy Olson have the skills and over 10 years of experience each to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, and formulate renovations in any room, hallway, staircase, garage, shed, or basement. For a free estimate, call 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. More football to be had. Kiwani 3-5 lost to Rockridge 42-14 week 8. They finished their season against Three River Conference Mississippi Division foe Sterling Newman who is 5-3, pushing for the automatic bid after they beat Mendota 30-27 in Week 8. Burrow Valley sits at 1-7 and, and is at Hall 4-4. Four four. 
They need a win to be playoff eligible. If Hall gets in, they will be in Forde because if you checked out the episode we had with Randy Tiemann and Mac Resetich, Hall joined with Putnam County for this year, becoming a co-op. So now with the enrollment sizes, they are now a 4A squad. Week 8, Princeton beat Burrow Valley 48-0. Hall defeated St. Bede 42-27. Mendota is at 3-5. They host St. Bede 6-2. It will be the Trojan senior night. St. Bede is on a two-game losing streak. The Bruins need a pick-me-up heading into the playoffs. Princeton is 8-0. They won the conference, beat Burrow Valley week 8. Now they move on to the road against Monmouth Roseville, who is 5-3. Of course, them being a Three Rivers Conference crossover opponent. Anawan Weathersfield beat Rova 32-24 in Week 8, moving to 7-1. They play Mercer County, who is 6-2, trying to improve their playoff seating. Mercer County doing the same. LP sits at 5-3. So does Week 9 foe Caneland. Cavs are hungry after a 28-0 loss to Sycamore. They want to earn the auto bid. They want to automatically get in there. Caneland in the way. But I do feel the Cavaliers are in there. The teams that they've played, the records, everything else, LP's in the playoffs. Sycamore and Morris are both 5-0 in the Interstate 8 White Conference. Morris beat Ottawa in Week 8, 59-7. Sycamore with that 28-0 victory over LP. Sycamore is 8-0 overall. Morris 7-1. And week nine sets up the showdown. Morris against Sycamore. Should be a good one. Whoever's in attendance of that one, man, you're going to be watching a good, hard-hitting football game. Ottawa, 4-4, four and four, plays Woodstock, 2-6, and six, to try to get in the playoffs. Would be the first playoff berth since 2012 when Michael Hermosillo was on the team as a running back and they were 9-0 undefeated. Ottawa, with this win, would be playoff eligible, not necessarily in, but it is a good possibility with the teams that they play as well. Fieldcrest sits at 1-7. They lost 64-14 to Deer Creek Mackinac in Week 8. This week, they are at home against the 1-7 Tremonts. It's important. I mean, this is confidence builders, right? Both teams are 1-7. You do not want to finish at the bottom of the conference. They're both heart of Illinois, large division schools. Hopefully, Fieldcrest can pull this victory out. Marquette is in the 1A playoffs at 7-1. In Week 8, they received a forfeit win over Christ the King in Chicago. Week 9, Marquette is at Sherrard, which is 1-7. Plano is 3-5. They missed the playoffs, losing Week 8 to Rochelle, 42-28. Now they play 4-4 Marengo, trying to be the bubble buster for Marengo in Week 9. Rochelle is on the 5A bracket at 7-1, but where will the Hubs land? Trying to build up that resume with an 8th win may be tough, though, because their Week 9 opponent is 8-0 Richmond Burton, who will definitely be on that 5A bracket and maybe a 1 seed. Pontiac, 1-7, lost 14-0 to IVC and Chillicothe during Week 8. They play 5-3 Robinson for Week 9. That's the football roundup. All kinds of amazing stuff going on. So many five-win teams trying to get the auto bid. A couple four-win teams trying to get that playoff eligibility. Getting into the playoffs sometimes is just as much fun as actually playing in the playoffs, especially for people like me looking, watching, paying attention, broadcasting, talking to everybody, 
waiting to see what's going to happen. As a business owner, one of the issues you have to be aware of is injury and liability to your staff. An injury can lead to open shifts because an employee is unable to work, a possible lawsuit, and other grievances at the workplace. SureStep Illinois is a woman-owned small business based out of Tonica that is here to help eliminate those injuries and liabilities, which are the number one workman's compensation claim in America. SureStep Illinois is a non-slip treatment that will not change the look, texture, or appearance of the tile it's placed on, whether it's residential, business, indoor, or outdoor applications. The non-slipness has been independently tested in labs as SureStep has achieved the highest dynamic coefficient of friction in the industry. Competitors are slipping to catch up. There's absolutely no business downtime as the tile or floor SureStep is applied to can be worked on, stepped on, jumped on, or danced on. Two-step right after the treatment is applied. SureStep by Illinois also offers strip waxing non-slip coatings for a little extra stick with some texture and look changes to the applied surface. Contact Mary Jane Orozco at 815-488-6565 to get SureStep Illinois today. Well, that's a wrap on the intro. We covered all the bases, football, soccer, tennis. We have cross country, volleyball, girls swimming playoffs, and football playoffs right around the corner, breaking everything down, talking to players, coaches, getting those interviews out. Much appreciation to Erica Richardson for talking to us four or five months ago, finally getting her on the show. We got backed up with interviews. If you listen to the show, you know that. Life's been busy. Computer went down. COVID, concussion, list upon list upon list. But we're back making sure we get these out all the time. So we had to have Erica and Roanoke Benson representatives, DJ Norman and Kyle Fellner. Let's get to them. You want to hear them. You want to hear their stories. Let's do it. Until next time. Peace. It's raining and I'm in my car. You know, I had hands free, so I'm being safe. But if you hear raindrops, that's why. It's spring. You know, we're usually talking baseball, softball, track, soccer, those things. But our guest today, we're going to talk some volleyball in April because she just made an awesome announcement. Of course, I am talking about Erica Richardson, a graduate from LaSalle, Peru, class of 2020. Erica, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I want to get right into your announcement. We can do the uh, pleasantries and welcomes in a second. You're going to Indiana State University to play volleyball. Yes, I am. You have to be pumped. That's a D1 school. Yes, I am so excited to go D1. I'm so excited. Was this something, you know, through your youth age, you know, LP volleyball, which I always call a factory in the volleyball world, was this something that, you know, was a goal, was something you were shooting for to play D1? Yeah, you know, in high school, when I was going through my recruitment, I really did not want to go JUCO. I really wanted to go to a big four-year, so I was really looking forward to that out of high school, but I'm happy that I took this step at JUCO so that I could get some more development throughout my athletic career, and so now I'm happy that I finally get to go D1. We'll definitely go back and, you know, talk about LP. And you just mentioned JUCO, you played at Parkland College, and then now Indiana State. So we'll go back in time. But I want to talk about Indiana State first. I'm an SIU grad, so you and I are kind of rivals now. 
<laughs> we are, aren't we? Yep. Salukis are way better than sycamores. I'm sorry. Ooh, I don't know about all that. Let's see. Come on. Season to come. Come on, you're a tree. <laughs> I am a tree. But the the great Larry Bird did play there. Yes, everyone loves to bring that up. Yes, he did play there. I mean, when you got somebody like that, you have to. Yes, obviously, of course. Perfect, perfect. So, what was it about ISU? Does, does Indiana State go by ISU? Yes, okay. they do. So, what was it about ISU that you were like, hey, I want to go play there? You know, throughout my recruitment, um, it actually was really rough due to COVID and getting the extra year of eligibility. So, I was kind of limited on the schools that I was talking to just because a lot of the seniors would come back and whatnot. But you know, I was talking to their coach, and they were super consistent with getting to know me and getting me on a visit quick. Like, they just seemed like they were really interested in me. They asked about my family. They actually took time to get to know me as a person rather than just what I'm able to bring to the courts. And sometimes that's hard to find in college sports. So I went on my visit. I really loved the campus, loved the coaches. I finally got to meet the team, so I really just love the environment, and I'm looking forward to it, so. Was there anybody on the team or any coaches that you previously knew that you played against in AAU or camps or anything like that? Actually, no. I didn't know any of the coaches or any of the girls during my recruitment with them. For as much volleyball as you play, that seems kind of weird. I know. I... I know so many girls at other D1 schools, other, you know, NAIA schools, so I was actually surprised, especially with how close they are, but no, I didn't know any of the girls or coaches. Gotcha. Was going to Indiana State, you know, obviously it's in Indiana, you're out of Illinois, was that, is it close enough to home, far enough from home, when you're thinking, hey, this is the place, what was your, you know, decision making on that aspect? Yeah, um, I'm super close to my family so going too far from them you know that kind of freaks me out but I was excited to just kind of at least get out of Illinois that was like one step that I needed to take just to get out of Illinois and take a jump away but yeah I think it's a good distance it's about three hours from home so I can take trips every now and then just to come see the family. Now this is when we got to ask the boring question what are you studying for school? I am majoring in criminal justice, but I may be changing it to, like, cybersecurity or criminology. So you just want to, like, arrest people? <laughs> I wouldn't say all that. There's more to it than just being a cop or sheriff, so. Definitely, definitely. I gotta give you a hard time, though. Come on, now. Uh, yeah, what's the fun if you don't? <laughs> As long as you don't arrest me or I'm not on, you know, any folder or file on your desk, I'm cool. No, no, definitely would not have my eye on you to arrest you. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Was there any other schools in the mix when you're like, hey, I want to go to another college, I want to, you know, go D1. Was there any other schools besides ISU that were in the running? I was talking to Angelo State in Texas. They're a D2 school. They won the national championship last year so I was talking to them um, but you know that was also really far from home I didn't know if I was really ready for all of that and I also was talking to Ferris State in Michigan but they wanted me to come in January and I just couldn't make that happen with Parkland me leaving a semester early so that led me to Indiana State. Nice and I know we mentioned family 
we gotta give them a shout out because they're a part of you, you know, staying close. Uh, mom, dad, sisters, brothers, who we got here? Yes, my mom, my dad, my grandma, and my stepmom. They mean the world to me, and everything I do is to make them proud. So I think they're really excited for me to go there. Awesome. We got to get names, though. We got to give them a proper shout out. Yes, um, my mom, Dana Richardson. Hi, mom. Um, my grandma, Janice Gephardt. My dad, Roger. And my stepmom, Shannon. Congrats to them for you continuing in. You know, Props to them as well. Obviously, they had a large, a large part in you doing what you're doing. Yeah, they really helped me so much. Um, my stepmom also played Division One volleyball, so she helped a lot in my recruiting and my decision making and what she thought would be best for me. What she regrets, you know, she helped me a lot with that. My mom paying lots of money for me to do clubs and go to tournaments and get to practice, new gear. My dad helping with that as well. And my grandma's always been my number one fan, never misses a game or anything. So they all mean so much to me and they all help so much without my process. Awesome. I'm sure they were part of this recruiting process as well. And you had mentioned with COVID-19, you know, making it tough. Uh, kind of elaborate on that. Like you said, you know, seniors were coming back. People were able to stay in school instead of leaving when they were supposed to. And, of course, the classes coming in, that probably made it difficult. Talk about that and what you experienced going through the process. Yeah, um, it was actually really rough for me. Um, I was struggling a lot finding schools because... There was a lot of schools that wanted me that just didn't have an available scholarship. They couldn't give me any money this year. So they offered me walk-on positions, but financially I just can't do that. So um, I was thankful that Indiana State did have a spot for me. Yeah, it was rough during my recruiting, having all these schools take time to email me back and watch my highlight film and want me to be there, just not having any available money for me. Gotcha. So there were some schools that, you know, in normal years, may have been towards the top of the list with Indiana State, but because of situations, they weren't. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy how this whole situation's worked with COVID-19. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was rough for a little bit. But it seems like it worked out. Yes, it all did work out. I knew it would eventually. It was just, you know, going through the steps I needed to take, so. And now you can call yourself a tree. <laughs> yes. So, you know, that's always what I wanted. That's what I've always wanted to call myself. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> or we can call you an Indiana State Sycamore. Yeah, we can. We can, you know, say whatever we want to say. So. Perfect. I mean, I'm a dog, a Saluki. You are. You are indeed. A really weird-looking, skinny, tall dog. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You're no better than a tree. No, not at all. Not at all. But you started off as a Cavalier. I mean. Like I said, LP is a factory. They have college players, teams every year, playing all over the country, trips to state, regional titles. Coach Mark Habercorn has been a staple of volleyball in this area for, I couldn't even tell you how many years, going on three, four decades. What did it mean for you to be part of that program and you know develop your skills and what you are as a player with LP? Yeah, um, the first time I ever actually met any of the coaches at LP or anything was when I did the LP camp my 8th grade year. They taught me so much just at that one camp, so obviously I was so excited to go into high school and be with all the older girls and be able to play with them. And 
LP volleyball was hands down my favorite four years of volleyball I could have ever played. I would not change a second of it. Having the coach, he hands down was my favorite coach I've ever had. Love the man to death. I still talk to him all the time, and uh, I try to see him all the time when I go home, go get lunch, you know. So he was a huge part in my volleyball career, and I wouldn't have changed anything about those four years of LP, and I miss it every day. What is it about Coach Abercorn that, you know, makes him this, you know, you talk about icons and coaching in high school. Usually it's a football coach, baseball, basketball. But Habercorn's name is right up there and what he's been able to do with the LP Cavaliers volleyball program. What is it about him that makes him that kind of coach? Is it X's and O's? Is, is it how he interacts with his players? What is it about Habs that has made him the iconic coach that he is? I just think his relationship with the players is so important. Being able to form such a successful volleyball program is all about you know, the relationships you have, the environment, balanced with fun and, you know, your work ethic and everything's so balanced. But I think he just is able to form such a good relationship with the players that everyone wants to play for each other. Everyone wants to play for him. You know, everyone just always wants to win. So I think that really stuck out to me, just the relationship he was able to form with me. And he could have fun, but he could discipline me at the same time. And, you know, it was always just so much fun in practice with him. Graduating in 2020, the volleyball season was right before COVID. So you did get to play all four years in school, right? Yes, I did. That's a plus. If you would have been just another year, uh-oh. Yeah, I know. I couldn't imagine what everybody else would have went there. So, yeah, I'm thankful that I got to finish out my last four years. Well, Habs has had a couple of state teams in the last few years. I think you just missed those, right? Yes, I did just miss one of the teams. Uh, that was when I was in eighth grade. I remember covering that team at ISU Redbird Arena. Were you there? Did yeah. you watch them? No, I actually was not there. I didn't get to watch that game. It was weird because LP travels really well when it comes to like state tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's why I asked because uh, I, I remember seeing just a ton of red and green. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, I know a lot of people that didn't go to those games. It was a really big deal. For sure. What was the furthest you guys got in the playoffs? Um, I think we always got to the sectional championship, I'm pretty sure. I think that's the farthest we've made it. I believe you're right. You guys were on those teams that were just there, but then ran into a juggernaut almost every year. Yeah. Yeah, we, we ran into Sterling my senior year, so that was rough. But then they had went on to win the tournament, so... It was good for them. Yeah, if you lose to a state champion, you can't really be too mad. Yeah, exactly. So you leave LP, you graduate, and you go to Parkland, and you win a national championship. We got second place my freshman year at nationals, so I felt what it was—I knew what it felt like to be on both sides of winning a national championship and losing a national championship. So two years at Parkland, a runner-up, and then a championship win to go out of Parkland. I mean, elaborate on how that feels. You know, after my first year, and we really thought we were going to win that national championship, we came up short. I really never wanted to feel that again. It sucked, you know, losing in the national championship. No one wants to feel like that twice. So I was happy that, you know, we got to win this year. It was one of the best experiences of my life. 
Is there anybody else in that squad from the Illinois Valley? Uh, yes, Kenzie DeFossi is a freshman this year, and she played on our team. Did she come from LP? Yes, she did. So you had a couple LP players playing together. Yeah, me and Kenzie, you know, it was fun having somebody from LP come, and I hope she enjoyed her experience here. Are you doing, like, volleyball workouts? Are you training? What is your mission, your goals, before you get to uh, the college stage? At Parkland, we have a spring season, so we practice a few days a week, lift a few days a week, and we have tournaments on the weekend. So uh, two weekends ago, we got to play Indiana State, and then tomorrow we play at Bradley, and then next weekend we have a tournament with some other JUCOs. All right, today being April 22nd, so the 23rd, you're going to play Bradley. Bradley is usually pretty yeah. good. Yeah, so it'll be a good experience. How has it been playing this different competition? I mean, going, LP, you play teams like Sterling and really, really big volleyball programs. Parkland, a great volleyball program itself, obviously winning a championship, going to two championships in back-to-back -back years. And then, you know, now being part of Indiana State, Missouri Valley, a lot of good programs there. I mean, what do you think about this competition that you've been pretty much playing in your entire life? Throughout high school, you know, I felt like most of the competition, uh, was either really good or, you know, just not as good. So going from high school into Parkland, it was different. You know, in Parkland, we are one of the bigger JUCOs, so playing little schools, yeah, it was, it was a lot different than high school. And, you know, the Nationals tournament, it doesn't get really, really competitive until, you know, like the semifinal and the championship just because there's only a few really big JUCOs that happen to be there every year so. It's definitely different. It's a different experience, and I'm excited to go to Indiana State and play all these D1 schools. I'm looking forward to that. Now, when you're playing for Indiana State, is it okay if I root for you but want SIU to beat you guys? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't make the rules, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there is any rules. Is there rules? I don't think so. No, I would say there's no rules for sure. Well, Erica... Every guest on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we have them play a game. We're going to play some hot potato. I'll throw you a couple things, people, places, food items, what have you. And you pick which one you like the best. All right, sounds good. If you want to explain why you pick it, go ahead. If you just want to pick, okay, we're not going to force you anything. Okay. We'll start off easy. Coke or Pepsi? Coke, for sure. Would you rather drive a car or a truck? A car. Ford or Chevy? Chevy. We're having tacos. Chicken, steak, or beef? Chicken. It's a hard one. You're getting a meal. Doesn't matter what the meal is, but you get an option. French fries or a salad? Which way are you going? French fries, no doubt. Ketchup or no ketchup? Ketchup. Ketchup is gross. What? <laughs> no way. <laughs> it's too sweet. It's like you're eating sugar with your fries. Now Erica's gonna come beat me up. Yeah, now I'll definitely arrest you. <laughs> no, 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 my folder's already on your desk. <laughs> and you don't even have a desk yet. Literally. <laughs> as soon as you get there, folder, Brandon Lachance already sitting there waiting yes. for you. Yeah, it'll be waiting for me. Perfect. I don't know if you watch these shows, but getting in your line of work, Law & Order, SVU. Law & Order. Said that quick. Yes, it was an easy one. Cubs or White Sox? Cubs. Are you a baseball fan? No, but, you know, 
I feel like I would be a Cubs fan. Gotcha. Do you pay attention to any other sports besides volleyball? Um, I really like basketball, but I don't like watching it seriously. But I, it's fun to watch. All right, well, you saying that. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Michael Jordan, for sure. I love that. Graduate high school in 2020 and still go with Michael Jordan. <laughs> Comes to music, rock or country? Rock. Movies. You want a tearjerker or do you want something to make you laugh? Something that's definitely going to make me laugh. Because of the slap heard around the world, Will Smith or Chris Rock? <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. Will Smith. And then we got to break down some colors here. LaSalle, Peru, which color you like better, red or green? Gonna have to go with red. Parkland, yellow or green? Ooh, green. You didn't go to Parkland because you like the Packers or anything, right? Oh, definitely, definitely not. Perfect, perfect. I just had no that. correlation. Yeah, no correlation there. Good, 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 good. And Sycamore, like a baby blue, light blue, or white? Blue. Well, Erica, thank you for playing the game. Thank you for telling us about your volleyball journey as it get started on the D1 level real soon. Super excited for you, and thank you for sharing all your stories and stuff with us at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we're here. Golf State Competition just wrapped up over the weekend. Today being a Thursday, wrapped up on Saturday. So you know we had to reach out to some awesome golfers. Well, we got an awesome golfer and an awesome coach here with us right now. Roanoke Benson representatives and coach Kyle Fellner and senior DJ Norman. Guys, how's it going? Hey, we're doing well. Thanks for having us. Pretty good. Thanks for having us. Definitely, definitely. We're going to start with DJ. We got to give the the guy that did the action on the course, Prairie Vista Golf Course in Bloomington. I know it's a tough course. DJ, how do you think you handled it? Pretty well. It's definitely a difficult course. It's pretty open, which... When it gets windy like it was, it was pretty cold and windy. Like probably right in the 50s and maybe had some, especially early in the morning, some windy conditions on the first day. So being a little bit more open, you're kind of more exposed to that wind. So that definitely plays a big factor. And it just kind of changes. you got to maybe slide it a little bit lower. You, know, you can't always just throw a strip in the air. and Especially if you take a crosswind and stuff like that, you kind of got to change where you aim and how much you put into that stuff. And so that's really the big thing is getting all the slide your shots and kind of just having experience in the wind and kind of knowing how much you got to put into it and just how the wind affects your ball because it, I mean, it kind of affects everyone's difference depending on how much spin you put on the ball. So I thought I played it well in, on some cases and I mean, there were sometimes, you know, kind of misjudged it. But, uh, no, it's definitely a great course. It was in great shape and uh, the greens were pretty fast. Probably rolling right around on the left end, which some people might not know what that means, but that's, that's pretty fast. They were, they were pretty quick, but they were in great condition and I thought the course was in good shape as always. Going into round two, you know, knowing where you're at, towards the top, trying to stay that way, and then you end up finishing 13th in the state in Class 1A. That's not an easy feat. Yeah, it was definitely a little nerve-wracking, you know, going into, I mean, I've played a decent amount, you know, so I was kind of able to fall back on that. Uh, You know, it's just like any other tournament. Uh, You try to sell yourself. But at the end of the day, you you kind of know that it is a little different. It's just, it's, it's just a different feeling. There's more people there. You know, there's cameras. It's just, it's just a different feeling. You know, you try to try to convince yourself that it's just like any other tournament, but in the back of your mind, you know it's safe. It was playing, playing pretty deep. I made a couple of mistakes. Uh, I doubles four and five. 
kind of right off the bat, and I you know, told Coach, like, come off five, like, uh, I kind of just needed to regroup, and like I even said, I said, you know, just enjoy the last, I don't know, what was that, 14, 13 hour many holes of my high school career after that. You kind of just, you kind of regroup when something like that happens. But yeah, no, I mean, it was fun, and like, being there my junior year probably helps a little bit, too, and kind of, you know what to expect, but it's just, it's state, it's just, a, it's a different feeling, a more pressure. So last year, going to state definitely kind of prepared you a little bit. Usually does, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's just, you kind of know what to expect, you know. Like, last year going into it, at the end of the day, it's just golf. And, you know, I play it, and I, you know. So at the end of the day, you're always just playing a golf tournament. But sometimes it just feels a little bit, especially leading up to it. But, you know, this year I kind of knew what to expect. But it was a little different this year. We made it to the team, which was awesome. So leading up to it, you know, I'm playing with the practice zone with my team, you know, instead of, like, other individuals there. That made it a lot more fun and made it a lot more comfortable, you know, to be the whole entire team there. And it just, it felt, it did feel a little more like a normal tournament this year because everyone else was there. So, but yeah, I think being there last year, just kind of knowing what to expect and knowing that I can compete with everyone there, just, it's just, it's nice. That was my next question. I was going to, you know, ask you about playing with the team. I mean, how awesome is that? Roanoke Benson, not a huge area. And to go to the state competition with the whole entire team, that had to be pretty awesome. It was one of the cooler things I've done in sports, I feel like. It was, just, it was so cool to be there with the team. It was, I don't know, there's nothing like it. We got out of school, I don't know, it, was just, it felt really, really cool. And it was one of the, it's one of the funner memories I've had in sports. It's just, because we didn't know, you know, we knew we had a pretty good team, but, I mean, they just say it's so hard. And, I mean, there's so many good teams out there, and, so many other great players, but just to make it is just it's such an accomplishment. So, like I said, it was just once we kind of got there, it was just it was so cool to have everyone there. And like I said, one of the funnest memories I've had. Thank gosh. That's awesome. You said a couple times that you play a lot. When did you first start golfing? So it's kind of like I'll give you two answers here if that's okay. So I kind of first started just like hitting it. Maybe we actually used to live down on the whole fourteen down at the den. Actually, went three eight in Bloomington. Um, we used to live down there. Moved up here when I was probably about five. So when I was a little younger, like four, I, I would you know kind of go out with my dad. My dad was actually a pretty good golfer back in the day. So I'd go out with him and maybe just like hit it a little bit. But I was it wasn't bad. You know, I hit, hit some good shots, hit some bad ones. But I didn't actually really start taking it seriously and like actually like start like thinking about like a score until uh, right my eighth grade year and kind of going into my freshman year when I knew I was going to try to play on the high school team. I kind of started getting a little more serious about it. My freshman year is kind of when I fell in love with it and really started actually taking it seriously and practicing and realizing, like, okay, like, you know, playing good is fun. You know, I wanted to practice and give everything I had and try to get better, so I practiced a lot then. And I was, so that, like, to answer your question, just started hitting it when I was a little bit younger, but actually really started taking it seriously and playing in tournament uh, right this summer of 2019. Okay, okay. Well, you made a lot of improvements in a short time then. Yeah, first of all, I really appreciate that. Thank you. But I did put in a lot of work, so that helps. And COVID hit in 2020, or 2020, everything else was kind of shut down, but the golf courses were still open. So my mom would drop me off before she'd go to work at like 8. And then my dad would come out after work. So I'd stay and play the whole entire day. My dad would come out after work, and then I'd play like 18 holes with him. To like eight o'clock at night. So I'd be there for like twelve hours just playing. I loved it. So that was when I got like a, I would say I kind of made a pretty big jump and that's the all I was doing. I am now boiling with jealousy. 
I want to spend all day at a golf course. I still do play a lot, but um, right now, as much as I was playing actually back then, I think I kind of realize now, like, that sometimes you need a little bit of a break. It's not always the best to be playing all the time, but you kind of need a balance. But that's the way practically to play is the way to get better. Yeah, and at that time, nothing was going on, so why not play golf? I would have done the same thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was nothing else. I mean, basketball, gym board open, uh, baseball. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing was happening except for golf, so just tried to take advantage of it. I did the same thing. COVID happened right after I left the LaSalle News Tribune, and I went to a bank, and we had a gym right across the street that they allowed us to go to as long as we wiped down all the equipment. So after work... Every single day during COVID, I went to the gym. Best shape of my life because of COVID. So uh, I don't mind COVID yeah, sometimes. That's funny. It's, it's funny how stuff like that works. Yeah, it's super crazy. Super crazy. Well, congratulations on a great senior year. 13th at State. Man, you have to be proud of yourself. Uh, I really appreciate that. The thing I'm most proud about is just the fact that we were able to get there as a team. That was, that was really, really cool. It's definitely the coolest experience of my high school career. Awesome, man. And to get there as a team, I mean, you got to have help from a coach to do that. Coach Kyle Fellner, I mean, what did you think about it when you're like, oh, my team's going to state? <laughs> well, uh, having a guy like DJ makes my life a lot easier as a coach. <laughs> he did a heck of a job. He did a heck of a job leading us this year or last year. That special was, it's a memory that I'll always have a lot of fun because we were, we're out in the middle of nowhere in Country Hill, <laughs> just uh, north of Springfield, not too far from Mason City. And we really went into it, uh, not having too many expectations. You know, we wanted to shoot our, our average somewhere around 335, 340. And I think the guys were pretty relaxed. You know, it was kind of funny because we were, we were standing around in the um, driving range and we were watching DJ hip hop. And <laughs> he's a heck of a ball striker. So we're all standing around watching him. And I think the rest of the team was thinking, well, I hope I can get out of school to go watch DJ at the state tournament. <laughs> And then uh, four and a half hours later or whatever, we coming down the stretch, we started to notice that we, we might have a shot at it. But there were a couple other teams that were in our national that had beaten us a couple times over the course of the season. So we were kind of skeptical that we were going to make it. But then, you know, we had all the grads come in. We posted, uh, DJ, what was it, 334? Yeah. I posted 334, and we thought that that, that was going to do it, and we were standing behind the ninth green by the clubhouse, and we kind of had a moment where we celebrated together a little bit. And it was a great experience. I was, I was really uh, glad to be a uh, part of it, and I was super proud of our team. Before we get any further, give me the names of the other golfers on this Roanoke-Benson state qualifying team. Yeah, sure. DJ was our number one senior. Nolan Hunter was a junior at uh, our number two. Our number three, uh, we kind of fluctuated a little bit, but uh, number three, we had Jack Lehman as a sophomore. And then number four, Caden Arns as a freshman. Number five was Tucker Bonds, a sophomore, who posted a great score for us in the sectional. And then junior, Drew Garls, at our number six. Yeah, really proud of those guys. So I hate to jump to the future, which is usually the end of these conversations, but with DJ Norman being your only senior, you're bringing back all state qualifying golfers. <laughs> well, that is true, and I definitely want to give them credit for, for playing really well, but I also got to give credit to DJ. I mean, DJ was a, a scratch golfer for us this year, average right at 36, and 
not seen any team have that. So we got a tremendous spot to, to fill next year. So, yeah, proud of our, our underclassmen and excited about our future for the next couple of years. And But, yeah, DJ, DJ led us this year, so it's going to be hard to replace him. Kind of impossible to replace him. Yeah, if you're shooting an average of 36, again, I'm boiling with jealousy. Man, DJ, I don't know about this. No, no, no. They're going to be great this year. I'm trying to get this funny. I was actually playing with uh, some of the kids out there today. It's Super Wendy Day. We went out there and played after switching out at 
Coach Fellner. Thank you, DJ, for joining us, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And congratulations on an amazing season. Yeah, really appreciate it, Brad. Thanks for your time. I appreciate that. Thanks for having us on.